season's going to end on a double doink. 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 Live in the entertainment capital of the world. That's what you want to know? It's the T.C. Martin Show. Yeah, I don't know. I had an idea. Diagnosis. I had an idea. And then, uh... Prognosis. Yeah, I take the serious. Osmosis. Why, it's funny? It wasn't, it wasn't funny. I wasn't laughing about it. Yeah. It's not funny. It's not funny. Nothing's funny. Don't you ever talk about me. Yeah, I don't know. I had an idea. That's the result you won't get. It's the Dr. T.C. Martin. I don't go out there and laugh. The doctor is now in. And it is a terrible Tuesday edition of the T.C. Martin Show. Glad to have you with us. Why terrible? Well, you know why. It's our day. We get to vent our frustrations, or at least I get to vent my frustrations. And there's plenty to vent about, as we well know, as we talk about the most meaningless sports weekend last weekend. Inconsequential, as I used yesterday. I'll use it again. Inconsequential sports weekend. Do you like that? We'll hit on all that today. Got some great Terrible Tuesday takes. A not-so-terrible guest lineup today. Downright A lineup. All right? Timmy Brando is going to join us from Fox Sports, formerly of CBS. Timmy B., my man, who is on the call tomorrow night for a top-20 college basketball game between UConn, all right, in action uh, tomorrow night in Providence. All right, he's in Hartford, Connecticut. I'm going to try to give... Timmy B, some restaurant tips for Hartford. I know he's been there a few times, but big game tomorrow night. He'll be calling. He's going to join us on the show today. And then uh, former NBA big man, uh, our other seven-footer. Cartwright? I said our our other seven-footer. Oh. That seven-footer will be joining us tomorrow, so be prepared for that. Oh, gosh. Olden Polonies. OPP, baby. Are you down with me? You know me. You know me. That's it. Olden Paul is going to join us uh, today. Always fun with him as well, too. So our other seven-foot guy. All right. So Timmy B, Olden Polonese, that's going on today and a whole lot more. So hang tight uh, for that on the show. Glad to have you with us. Of course, streaming live wherever you may be, tcmartinshow.com. And uh, if you miss any part of the past shows, go to the website. Check it all out there as well, too. And check out our I guess you might want to say our kind of our Mountain West Conference basketball preview, talking about UNLV, where they're at right now, uh, sitting in ninth place, not really good in the Mountain West Conference, coming off their loss to Boise State on Sunday night. All right, you can check that out. Check out our interview with Lindy LaRock is on the homepage as well, too. And we've got the featured interviews, the current interviews, uh, the classic interviews, all there at tcmartinshow.com. All right, so yeah. A lot to hit on today. Why waste any time on a terrible Tuesday? It's Terrible Tuesday. That's terrible. Things gone wrong in the sporting world. That's a terrible idea. I want to know what the hell he's smoking. Something stinks in here. That's terrible. <laughs> it's Terrible Tuesday. Things gone wrong in the sporting world. You know, I really despise the weekend after the Super Bowl because you've got nothing. Okay, if you're a college basketball fan, you're good. You're you're still pretty good because on that Saturday, you've got a lot of great college basketball games. We're three weeks away from Selection Sunday, so that's great. However, that's Saturday. When you look at Sunday, then they kind of scale back because they want to make room. For some of these other 
meaningless sporting events that get national attention that really nobody cares about, but they kind of back off a little bit on on the Sunday college basketball for right now. And that is the NBA All-Star Weekend, because you got the NBA All-Star Game, all right, that you get on TNT, and Fox dominates their Super Bowl coverage. I'm being facetious, but they call it the Super Bowl of automobile racing. They do Daytona 500. So you got all that. So yes, we just concluded the most meaningless sports weekend with the NBA All-Star Game, Daytona 500, and the beginning of the XFL. Can I say it like that? The XFL. Well, I think you kind of have to because yeah. of who owns it. Yeah. Well, who used to own it? Well, no. Who still owns it? Well, not, who, no. not still owns it. Yeah. But well, I'm saying The Rock still has that. I'll give you the history. All right. So this is another failed attempt of the XFL. Didn't it? In 2001, Stanford Extreme Football League. I think yes. that's what they are. Yeah. yeah. All right. So we've seen failed attempt after failed attempt for spring football. And these investment groups keep trying and trying and trying. And they keep losing money over and over again. And the XFL is the king of it. Let's examine the poor history of the XFL. 2001, Vince McMahon, the WWF slash E giant, Said, oh, we're, I'm getting into the football game now. Let's do this. And it was ridiculous. Remember Vegas had, had a team. The first game was actually at Sam Boyd Stadium. He hate me. Returning the kickoff. Remember that nonsense where they'd put the ball in the 50-yard line and it was like a bad dodgeball game and you, you go race for the football? Oh, that's who's going to receive the football. Uh, that's how it started. People getting injured. It was ridiculous. And then that lasted one season. Then we fast forward. 19 years later to 2020, where they tried again, and they had two years to prep for this because they made the announcement like back in 2017, 2018. Well, that lasted only four weeks, and they want to blame the pandemic, but you can also blame that uh, no one was coming to the games. So what does that mean? Let's try, try again in 2023. Yes, your ownership, Vince McMahon, and he sold it off to The Rock. That's right. Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, part of it, that crew. I don't get it. So it debuted, I guess, again, last weekend. I want to know, seriously, and I posed a question yesterday. Is anyone excited about this? Anyone besides For, Fernando? I was going to say, Fernando was pretty excited about the over. No, no, no. It's because that degenerate will bet on everything and anything. I mean, two flies flying around of a room, he's going to bet on that. All right, that's it. The left, Two cockroaches. The left one lands first. Yeah, there you go. Forget that. All right, but I can't handle this version of it. It's always been bad. But this version is just as goofy as the previous one. Let's start with the broadcast. All right, ESPN, ABC, and Fox are sharing the rights to this, and they've shelled out a whole ton of money. They're paying for this garbage. And you know what we get with this? We get... Ham and egg broadcast crews. That's what we get. All right. We don't get announcers who normally do NFL games. We don't even get guys who are doing college football games or even backup college football games because all the good announcers, they're taking their time off. That's part of it. The other part is they don't want to be associated with this garbage. We got to listen to players and coaches being mic'd up. 
Are you kidding me? Mic'd up? I don't need to hear play calls. Nobody needs to hear play calls. And here's the thing about that, too. Nobody understands the play calls. You think anybody understands X2, Y, banana, whatever, like John Gruden used to say? No, they're supposed to be in codes so the opponent doesn't figure it out. So somebody doesn't leave their their playbook or their play sheet on the sideline, like purposely, like that happened way back in the day. It was pretty funny. But anyway... So no one understands it. You're watching a football game and you hear it go, okay, X, Y, X out, Snake River Canyon, uh, on three. Omaha. <laughs> Nobody understands this. So why show it? Do you actually think, oh yeah, I can decipher that. I know what's coming now. Yeah. It's so stupid. But again, they try to be cute and give you something different. We don't need something different. We don't like our football like that. All right. So we don't need players mic'd up. Especially quarterbacks we've never heard of before. We don't need coaches mic'd up. Don't need to hear the, hear the play calls. None of this. We don't need the goofy, weird angles in these camera shots that we're getting, you know? And I don't need to see the refs dressed up like they were in the movie Life with Eddie Murphy and Rick James. Do you see these prisoner costumes are wearing from the early 1900s? What is this? I mean, they're predominantly white and not black. Again, why be different? I don't get it. Just wear the zebra stripes. I just, it's ridiculous. It's its a joke. All of it is a joke. Seeing announcers getting in the middle of a celebration huddle. Did you see this? After a guy returned a pick six for a touchdown, they're celebrating in the end zone. And then there's a sideline reporter jumping in. Hey, 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 what do you think about that? And the guy's going, hey, man, leave me alone. We're celebrating right now. Yeah, we're getting our groove on. Oh, oh, oh okay, back to the booth. Seriously, th- I'm not exaggerating. This is exactly what happens in these broadcasts. And then the replays. The replays. Because we get to actually experience what happens in the replay booth. Now, do we really need to hear now Dean Blandino being a rock star? Dean Blandino's on every broadcast now. Remember Dean Blandino, uh, the failed guy, whatever, uh, you know, from the NFL. Now he's in charge of that. Now he's front and center on these broadcasts. He gets to be a star. And every time there's a review, oh, and there's plenty of reviews. We got to hear this. I control. I've got the left foot down in bounds. Let's go to our line feed and get a spot. Dean, I had some traffic there. I can't hear you. Yeah, Mike, we're looking at the catch at the sideline. I've got a really good look. I've got control, and I've got the right foot down in bounds. So we're just going to give you a new spot. So we're going to go to the 46. It's going to be first and 10. First and 10. It's going to be on the right hash. Right hash. And we're going to go on the ready for play. And we're on the ready. So first yep. and 10 at the 46. You got it. I think it's a great example. A lot After of time review, play. the ruling on the field is a completed pass. The receiver had firm possession of the ball with the right foot down inbounds. It's Once first down. Figure out the clock. Then we got to figure out clock, location, and sometimes that's what takes a moment or two. Then you see the efficiency that the command center is able to operate with. Sometimes you know you're looking at a million different looks, and it's ah, you know, I don't know. It's it's called on the field incomplete. Boom. Dean Blandino, great job of executing. It's done in about 30 seconds. Get a new spot and a nice conversion for Arlington. 
That is pathetic. You're getting the call, Blandino, the explanation. You're getting the referee, and then you're getting the play call, and the announcer all talking over each other. I mean, first of all, this isn't football 101. Okay, we don't need to know the process. You know what we want to see? We want to see the game move on. Make the call, end the story, move. We don't need this. And again, why do they think that people, fans, are interested in this? Nobody is. All right? And then the rules. No one can follow the rules. Again, why are we changing the rules? Why are we doing Have you seen the kickoffs? The kickoffs. It looks like a dodgeball game. They're standing there in attention. And then there is an actual kickoff. And then they've got people like lined up at like the 20 yard line. Then the defense is like five yards back of the 25 or the 30. I don't know what it is. It's ridiculous. And then it's like, okay, go. You can play now. It's the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. Why mess with the kickoffs? I don't get it. Can someone please explain the kickoffs to me? This is the XFL kickoff. This is about creating more opportunities for big plays. To eliminate high-speed collisions, we're shortening the distance between opposing players. The coverage team starts on the opponent's 35-yard line, and the return team starts on their own 30. When the ball is first kicked, only the kicker and receiver can move. But once it's caught or is on the ground for three seconds, all players are free to run, block, and tackle. We're giving players and coaches the chance to create kickoff excitement. This is for the love of football. This is the XFL. Oh my God, are you kidding me? Do you see what I'm talking about? Everything's a production. And who was that? Dean Blandino, being a rock star. This guy's been the butt of so many jokes back in the day, and now he's going to be the butt of more jokes. Jeez. So that's the kickoff rules. We understand that? All right? I got that. Passing grade? Okay. How about the extra point rule? Please explain the extra point. Like, like I said yesterday, they score. Coaches go, one, 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 one. Let's go for one. Uh, okay. Or you can go for two. Or you can go for three. What are we talking about here? This is the XFL point after touchdown. This is about raising the stakes and stepping up the strategy. In the XFL, the scoring team has three different point after touchdown options, and none of them involve a kicker. The first option is an offensive play from the two-yard line worth one point. The second is a play from the five-yard line worth two points. And the third is an aggressive play from the 10 that earns three points. The scoring team's offense only gets one chance to convert whatever option they choose. And if they fail to convert, they get nothing. And the defense can score too. If they get a turnover and return it to the opposite end zone, they get the same amount of points the offense was attempting. That's three, baby, that's three! So now there are more chances for teams to come back and no lead is ever really safe. This is for the love of football. This is the XFL. Oh, my goodness. Are you kidding me? Now, just to put this in effect now, in one of the games, the Seattle Sea Dragons against the San Antonio um, Hammonagers. Is that who they're called? We talked about the ridiculous names from yesterday, right? Here it is put into play here. All right? So this is a three-play audio clip you're going to hear about the touchdown, the conversion, 
And what happens instead of an onside kick where they can go for it on fourth and 15? Zone. Squeezes it in there. Three-point conversion. Good. Good. Fourth and 15. Fourth and 15. McCarron buys more time. Keeps his eyes downfield. Has pro. They converted on fourth and 15. Let's go. Third and seven. McCarron. The St. Louis Battlehawks. That was A.J. McCarron, former NFL quarterback with the Bengals against the San Antonio Brahmas. The Brahmas, which is, we found out yesterday, is a bull. That's right. Well, you know what this is? This is a lot of bull. We'll leave it at that. Oh, my God. The poor kicker. There's no kicker. Kicker's not involved in the PAT. Nah. This is ridiculous. Oh, and then there's overtime. If we ever get to an overtime... Let me see. Do we have a documentary explanation about the overtime rules? This is the XFL Overtime. This is about edge-of-your-seat, game-ending action. There's no coin toss, no one-possession wins, and no ties. Instead, XFL Overtime is a shootout. So the best players on both sides always determine who wins the game. Each offense gets up to five one-play possessions to score from the five-yard line. Teams get two points for each successful conversion. Teams alternate plays until one team is mathematically eliminated. Split! Split! Tackle! Tackle! The defense can't score, but if they make a stop or create a turnover, the play is dead. The team with the most points after the five-round shootout wins. If it's tied after five rounds, then things go to single rounds until one team scores and the other doesn't. Because this is winner-take-all kind of football. This is for the love of football. This is the XFL. You like that shot at the NFL? It's a winner-take-all a little shot at the NFL saying, well, we don't have a tie after we play 10 minutes. Unbelievable. That's an instructional video. It's like an instructional video. Ridiculous. All right. So more nonsense. So let's don't forget about the ridiculous looking logos and the uniforms that we have. Again, here's the deal. We don't need alternate rules. We don't need... Anything different. You know why? Because we like our football the way it is. All right? Do they actually think this is cool? Do they think that people actually want different? Let me tell you something. They don't. Nobody that loves football wants different. They like their football for what their football has been all these years, their entire lifetime growing up. All right? And what it is right now. And here's another thing. Let's remember this when it comes to football. Less is more. Do you know what I mean by that? Less is more. I mean, we go through September to the Super Bowl, and we've got the playoffs in there. We've got 18 solid weeks. All right, we're all good. And then 
Now we get to the second week of February. We get the Super Bowl. We end it on a climactic high, right? That's it. That's enough. We don't need to have more meaningless football the week after. Less is more. After the Super Bowl, be done with it. See you in September. How hard is that? But no. I don't know why these organizations and guys like McMahon and The Rock and these other Ham and Eggers, you know, want to dive into this. It's not successful. No one cares. No one's watching it. It's a laughing stock, and you're going to lose money. It always loses money. There's no longevity of this product, and it's garbage. Again, be done with it. When it's over, it's over, and this league, or spring football in general, does not benefit anyone. This is the XFL, and it needs to go. (sighs) Feel better now? A little bit. Okay. I'm going to get amped up again, though. I know you are. The NBA All-Star Weekend. Now, we rip on the Pro Bowl, and what a joke this has become. The NBA is not far behind. It's right here. It's getting as bad as the Pro Bowl. It's meaningless. So meaningless that some of his best players aren't even interested in participating anymore. Now, I'm not saying that Steph Curry and Kevin Durant aren't injured. Okay. Zion Williamson is always injured. But those guys were nowhere to be found at the All-Star game or whatever. All right? But here's what I'm talking about. Specifically, the slam dunk contest. All right. Do you know who is in the slam dunk contest? Stop me if you ever heard of any of these guys. Remember what the slam dunk contest used to be. It was ingenious. Michael Jordan jumping, you know, taking off from the free throw line. Dominique Wilkins, those battles. All right. Then we got, you know, a little bit of flair and nostalgia. Oh, let's have the little guy get in here. Well, Spud Webb could dunk, okay, at 5'6". Muggsy Bogues, okay, those guys were intriguing, okay? Then you had, you know, Nate Robinson, you know, checking in about 5'8 and a half, all right? That was okay. But then it started to get ridiculous. But now it's so bad that no player of any worth wants to put his name on it. They don't want to be embarrassed. It's like, oh, I'm too cool for that. Nah, I'm too cool for school. Nah, you know, I'm bypassing that. Forget about it. Here's who your contestants were. Kenyon Martin Jr. Not Kmart. Not the original Kmart from the New Jersey Nets back in the day, University of Cincinnati. No, no, no. His kid, Kenyon Martin Jr. Anybody know what team he plays on? Trey Murphy, the third. Not Troy Murphy, played at Notre Dame. No, Trey Murphy. Jericho Sims plays for the New York Knicks, I guess. And Mac McClung. I know Mac. You know what? You know why you know Mac? Because I watched some you. Because you watched it, and he went viral. Because he went viral in high school. And this and that. Mac McClung was a guy who didn't have a whole lot of scholarships. All right, Mac McClung is like a six foot guard. All right, but he's got hops. Could jump out of the gym. He played at Texas Tech. Played at Georgetown. Wasn't a main player at all, and now he's in the slam dunk contest. And Mac McClung is a superstar now. Good for Mac McClung. But why is he a superstar? Because white men can't jump, so they say. They even made a movie about it, right? Ask Woody Harrelson, right? But this white boy can jump. 
And he's got hops, and he's got skills, and he had plenty of time to practice and get ready for this competition. Why? Because he's only played in a couple NBA games. He's on a two-way contract. And what that means, he was wearing a Philadelphia 76er uniform, but then he was also wearing a G League uniform because he's playing in the G League. That's it. Didn't have a good college career. But now this is his high point because he went viral years ago when he was in high school doing these amazing dunks, all right? And he got to Texas Tech, got to Georgetown, again, middling college basketball player. That's it. But now he's a novelty act. And yes, he wins a slam dunk contest over guys that you've never heard of before. Just to put this in perspective, let me tell you the past five years the winners were of this contest. Last five years. Okay, so you had Mac McClung this year. Last year, Obi Toppin. Who? Thank you. Who? He went to Dayton. That was about it. Obi Toppin. The year before that, Anthony, not Hardaway, no, Anthony Simmons. He won the slam dunk contest two years ago. Three years ago, it was Derek Jones Jr. Now, the only way people in Vegas know who that is because he played a year here at UNLV. All right? Derek Jones Jr. And the year before that, Hamadou Diallo. Those are your slam dunk winners the last five years. You got to go back six years before you've even heard of anybody that resembled an all-star. And that was Donovan Mitchell. All right? But this is what the slam dunk contest has become. Unwatchable. Nonsense. Players you can't uh, relate to and players that are not creative. How many slam dunk contests have we seen people booing because these guys can't, they can't figure out what they want to do. And they, sometimes they can't even make a dunk on the time allotment, but give it to Max McClung. Hey, and to hear people say he brought it back. Don't worry. It's, it's going to be garbage again. It was garbage this year, except for Mac McClung. Again, just look at these people who are in this. Now, the three-point shootout has kind of really taken over when the slam dunk contest was the, I guess, the pinnacle of the All-Star weekend because certainly wasn't the game. Get to that in a minute. Tyrese Halliburton. Laurie Markanen. Yeah, remember him from Arizona? I can't pronounce his name. Kevin Huerter. Tyler Hero. Stop me if you've heard of anybody. Okay? Julius Randle. Okay, maybe you heard of him. Jason Tatum, Buddy Heald, Damian Lillard. Well, Damian Lillard won the three-point shootout over these guys. But do any of these guys, besides maybe Buddy Heald or Jason Tatum, belong in a slam, rather in a three-point shootout? No! Julius Randle? Halliburton? Are you kidding me? No. Ridiculous. That's what your NBA Saturday night was. And then we get to Sunday. The NBA draft. How terrible was this? The NBA draft. Playground style, where we're going to choose up the teams an hour before the game. How ridiculous. And how terrible is this? Let's let Ernie Johnson explain to you why we're doing this. Why the NBA is doing this. Oh, and as a little added treat and adventure here. Listen very carefully to the audio here and how this was presented live on TNT. 
Thank you all very much. Uh, when the NBA changed the format of the All-Star Game in 2018, doing away with East versus West, and instead empowering the captains to pick their squads, folks immediately started talking about how cool it might be to let them do it live and right before the game, just like on the playground. First, first picture. Well, we're about to find out because that is exactly what is going to happen with the first ever NBA All-Star Draft presented by George Brand with the two teams competing on behalf of two major organizations. Can we hear it for Big Brothers, Big Sisters of Utah? Who would you pick? You're not tweaking your seats. Come on, yeah. A reserve. Who's, yeah, yeah, who's picking first? Up, huh? Who's picking no, first? Who's picking first? No, if you had to pick, who's the future? Well, if, if I was Giannis, I'd pick LeBron. from two pools, beginning with the all-star reserves who are on the stage behind us, and then we'll move on to the starters. How embarrassing and ridiculous was that? First of all, the concept is is pretty ridiculous. But the presentation of this, to have feedback, to have reverb, to have Charles Barkley and Kenny Smith talking to each other, over each other, thinking, I guess, they're on the air, or just disrespecting Ernie Johnson. Ernie, the pro that he is, you know that that's in his headset, and he's trying to just talk through this. What a mess! I mean, this all falls in the director back in the truck. Turn the mics off of Barkley and Kenny Smith. Turn them off altogether. And Shaq, these guys, they're sitting there talking. Ernie Johnson's trying to explain this isn't play-by-play. It's not color commentary. He's trying to explain what the heck we're going to see. He's talking and interviewing LeBron James and Giannis. It's just a a mess. And how this could go on for this long with TNT? How does this happen in this day and age? I mean, you hear that, you cut their mics off. End of story. I mean, what a joke of a broadcast, a joke of an idea, but it all fits right in with NBA All-Star Weekend. And then, the actual picking of the teams. This thing just dragged on and on and on, and Ernie's trying to kill time. Even got to be where Shaq says, come on, man, let's pick the teams already. It's embarrassing. It was downright embarrassing. There's nothing good about this at all. And then you get to the game itself. Yes, Team Giannis defeats LeBron. 184 to 175. Oh, yeah. The total, if you want to bet on this, 325 and a half points was your total. But how do you even bet when the teams aren't even selected until less than an hour before the game? Yeah, a joke. A joke of a weekend between the XFL, the NBA All-Star Weekend, and then there's that 
Daytona 500 thing. Yes. <laughs> overtime! How does an auto race go overtime? I read the headline yesterday because I didn't watch this garbage. Ricky Stenhouse Jr. wins in overtime. What? Overtime? Oh, I'm sorry. Double overtime! He wins a race in double overtime. Not 200 laps. Not 500 miles. This one went 212 laps with 530 miles. So, yeah. Uh, I guess, okay, caution flag. I get that. But why would you say overtime? Overtime means there's a tie in regulation. That's what overtime means in every sport. Whatever sport you want. This isn't overtime. Ah. <sighs> Terrible Tuesday takes. If you got some terrible Tuesday takes, hit me on Twitter at TCMartin21. All right. I'm sure our next guest will have some thoughts regarding NBA All-Star Weekend. The 15-year NBA veteran, the big man, Olden Polonis, joins us next. Wait a second. Wait a second. Now, more from your favorite sports radio physician, the doctor, TC Martin. Come on, join the show on Fridays at the Westgate Las Vegas, the world-famous Superbook, the largest in the world, non-smoking. You got to love it. Each and every Friday, 2 to 4 p.m., come on and see the show live. And remember, the madness is upon us as well, too. We'll be out there Thursday and Friday for the opening round of the NCAA tournament. That's uh, March the 16th, 17th. Come on out, see the show live, and also get your tickets for... The Madness, inside the International Theater, the 4K video wall, all the games. Oh, yeah, the party going on at the Westgate Las Vegas, inside the International Theater. For the opening round of March Madness, Hoop Central at the Westgate Las Vegas. All right, our next guest, he knows a thing or two about March Madness. He knows a thing or two about the NBA. He knows something about a little OPP, too, because that's his namesake. My guy, Old Polynese. OPP in the house. What's going on, brother? I'm good, TC. How you doing? I'm good, man. It's been a minute, man. It's been a while since yeah. uh, I had... It's summer League. <laughs> yeah, that's it, man. Since Summer League. I was I was talking to the big seven-footer today, Big Bill Cartwright, our, our other seven-footer, and I told him I was having you on today. He says, man, he goes, I want I want to break some bread with OP. Next time he, you know, he comes out your way, man, we got to... Uh, the three of us get together, man. He's a big fan oh, yeah. of yours, man. I'll, I'll be out. I'll be out there for the Big West tournament. There you go. So I'll, I'll be. I'll be uh, broadcasting the tournament out there again. So, uh-huh. And Cartwright will be with me as well too. So, we'll, oh, cool. so we'll get a chance to uh, to see each other, man. Hook up a little bit. Yes, sir. All right, Op. <laughs> Sounds good, man. All right. So you know this is a a terrible Tuesday edition, uh, Op. So I just ran and raved. Well, not raved. I just ran it about. You know, the most meaningless weekend after we just get done with the Super Bowl between the XFL and the NBA All-Star weekend. I, I got, I got to feel that you kind of feel the same way I do about the, where the NBA All-Star weekend has gone. You got some thoughts on that? Uh, actually I do. Um, and what's disappointing is that I thought they made a turn for the better. You know, especially last year with Steph Curry and what he did during the All-Star weekend and the the All-Star game. Because I thought even though it's supposed to be an exhibition, you know, it it played out a little bit better, you know, last year than it did this year. We went back, we reverted back to the old, you know, old lay defenses, just letting guys, I watched Luka Doncic just like haphazardly just go by somebody. I watched... um, you know, guys do it all the time. Shea Gildas, Alexander, not really trying. All None of them were really trying. And to me, 
you know, it was funny. What really dawned on me was the fact that, like, a guy like uh, Nikola Jokic says, I'm not built for this type of game. And he's <laughs> right. He's not, you know. And most of these guys, they they just approached it, like, so nonchalantly. And I think that's what made it even worse is that you could see – you could see that nonchalant attitude. Some, you know, in the past, I think the the All Stars were able to hide it a little bit. Mm-hmm. I really don't want to be here, kind of thing. But since I'm here, I'm going to give a little bit of effort. And nobody's saying you got to play like it's Game Seven of the NBA Finals. But you should at least, you know, you're competitive enough to to give up to give a good show without getting hurt. You're totally right, man. And again, you know, fans are sick of it. And I know that former players uh, are are sick of it. It's kind of disrespectful because, again, you go back to the All-Star game when it was a sight. And, you know, you had everybody playing and those guys, you know, again, there was at least some effort and a little bit of pride when you had East versus West to a certain degree. I mean, you got to go back a long time for that. But, you know, you, you, you just laid it out perfectly, OP, about the the dynamic here with the players. And then when you got the veteran guys like LeBron James and just, I'm just wondering if there's any conversations, you know, from LeBron or, you know, a Kyrie Irving, these to the younger players, like, okay, youngster, like now don't even think about, you know, you know, trying to get in my face or trying to, you know, play any defense or whatever, because you got to believe, especially like these foreign guys, like you said, with Luca, I mean, they're, they're not used to, you know, laying down like that. Or if you're a young player, you're coming in, you got to be really intimidated by, by playing with these guys of the superstar status. I'm just really curious on what that, you know, dichotomy is, uh, with the players, especially the youngsters coming in for maybe the first or second time against these grizzled, you know, legendary veterans. Well, I'll say it like this. Okay. Back in the day, and I know everybody in 2023 hates, you know, when, X players, you know, go back with the back in the days. But I, I only say that to make my point because I love the games the way it's being played right now. So I'm not mad about these young guys and what they're doing. I love it. Okay. But back then, those guys, they weren't making a lot of money. So that $50,000, $100,000 check went a long way. So they valued that a little bit more. So now these guys, they're pretty much getting around the same thing now. They contrast to forty million dollars. You think that really bothers them if they lose a hundred grand? They're not. They they're throwing that out at the strippers. Yeah. And so to <laughs> me, that's part of it. Also, like when Jordan played his first All Star game, you know they were like doing the ice out and all that stuff. You know they took it personally. Now all these guys are kumbaya. They're all in love with each other. And and I noticed it. And I used to tell people this. A guy like Russell Westbrook can't play in an all-star game because he goes hard all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the only mentality he has. And so he doesn't know how to turn it off. And so I saw that with Giannis, but now Giannis has bought into the whole thing now. And, you know, I know he's hurt his wrist, but still it was like, you know, I, I saw it the year before. It's like now it's more the exhibition as opposed to when he first started playing where he went harder. And so to me, my thing is, you know, it's like if they're not going to play hard, put players in that are going to play or change it or, or 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 just get rid of it altogether. But some way, somehow, the Adam Silver in the NBA needs to figure out a way to make this a little bit more competitive. You know, you're not going to get hurt if you play hard. 
You right. get hurt when you don't play hard. You're right. And again, you know, just from an offensive standpoint, it, whoever brings the ball up the court, I mean, you're not going to get in, you know, defensively, you're not going to get in front of them. You're just going to have a clear path to the bucket, or it's just going to be a three fest. I mean, just look at the final score. I mean, we're talking about 184 to 175. And then, you know, like on the, on the betting board up here, usually see NBA totals around, you know, 212, 220. And then they used to jack up the all star game, like, okay, you know, maybe like 250 points, 325 and a half. Was the number OP three twenty? And guess what? It sailed over. Do the math there. I mean, one eighty four no. and one seventy five. That's what three hundred and sixty nine points were scored. So here's what I hated. Yeah. Here's what I hated about the whole thing. At the end, they needed three points, and what were they doing? Everybody's jacking up half court shots. Yeah. People don't pay that kind of money to see that crap. Yeah. You could have went and made two layups and ended the game. Played two regular, you know, offensive sets or whatever and win the game. But everybody was trying to jack up three-pointers from half court. And I'm like, that it, it's it's ridiculous. They they did it throughout the game. You know, Jason Tatum scoring 55 points. I'm like, come on, are you serious? You know, normally the All-Star game was the first quarter is when we all have fun, you know, dunking and everything. The second quarter, we tighten it up a little bit. Third quarter, okay, we get serious. Four quarters for the money. Yeah, yeah. It's long gone. Old Polonisa joins us. All right, the slam dunk contest. What happened here, man? I mean, just look at the names that are in this year's <laughs> slam dunk. Mac McClung's a superstar now. A guy, I mean, how insulting really is that? A guy who's a G League player. I played a, a couple games with the Philadelphia 76ers. He's a novelty act. He wins the thing. And you're going against guys like Kenyon Martin Jr., not Kmart, not, not Kenyon Martin Sr., but Jr., Trey Murphy, Jericho Sims, and then Mac McClung. No one knows yeah. who these guys are. And they're sure exactly. the heck, they're, they're not, they're not superstars. They're not even uh, A or B level players. And they're certainly not dynamic dunkers, except maybe for McClung, but he's a novelty show. Well, and that's part of the problem. Everybody's said to themselves, you know what? We don't want to do any of this stuff. And so the NBA is forced to go get guys that we don't know about. Well, we saw him dunking a game. No, dunking, the dunk contest was about creativity, has always been about creativity. Who's the most creative? And so until we get back to getting, and it doesn't have to be superstars, because, you know, a guy named Terrence Stansbury competed in the dunk contest. And most people didn't know who he was, you know, as far as the dunk contest was concerned, but he did the Statue of Liberty dunk. Very creative. But the difference is we had all the other superstars there. You know, Dominique Wilkins, Michael Jewell, and all these guys, you know, have dunked in the past. So they've made it more exciting. You know, like when Kenny Walker won, Kenny Skywalker, the man came with his own name. Right. <laughs> and so we knew that because we saw him play at Kentucky. All these guys we don't know because we don't know where they come from. There's been no following, you know, from college. So that's why when I saw Mark, Mac McClung, I was I already knew who he was from Georgetown. Right. I knew he could jump and everything else. I've seen videos of him, so I knew he had a chance. Jerrica Sims can pretty much look down at the rim, but he's not creative. He did three of the same dunks, and one was probably the worst dunk I've ever seen <laughs> with the damn envelope. <laughs> you know, stuck to. I'm like, dude, stop! Come on, are you serious? That's that's the extent of your creativity. So that's part of the problem. 
You know, we saw the two the two greatest dunk shows ever to me involve Levine and Aaron Gordon. Right. And so I remember the statement Reggie Miller made was, yeah, the dunk contest is back. And somebody said, no, only when it's like this. Mm. You know, and that's the problem. You can't replicate Zach Levine, Aaron Gordon every year. If you could, and that's what made it back good back then because Michael Jordan won, Dominique won. They, okay, we got to have a tiebreaker. You know, it's that kind of stuff. Mm. So you built drama. Now we don't have any drama. It's, 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 it's awful. Yeah. It's like I find myself doing anything and everything during All-Star Weekends. I have not been to an All-Star Weekend since the last time it was in Los Angeles. And I refuse to go because it's just, it's not what it used to be. And I'm sorry to be grumpy old man, but it just, no, it does nothing for it's me. It's the now. fact, it's the fact that you don't have to be, it uh, doesn't matter your age or if you're a former player or you're just a, a fan. It, it, nobody enjoys this. I mean, if I, if you took a picture of Mac McClung, okay, and you, and you, you looked at him, do you actually think that he would be on, like, say, a a wall of slam dunk uh, winners in the past? I mean, look at this guy. He looks like he belongs on I don't know what I don't a, a, a Boy Scout uh, poster or something. I don't get this. And this is your slam dunk winner to go in there with Dominique and Jordan and and even well, you know. I mean, are you kidding he me? He doesn't look. TC, he doesn't look the part, but he did the part. He was very creative. And see, no, I'll give no him credit. You're right. You're right. You're 100% right. I mean, the guy's got the hops that are thing, crazy, and he's creative. You're right. Yeah. The one thing no one mentioned, he did every dunk on his first attempt. Yes. Well, OP, he's got a lot of time to practice because he, <laughs> he's not doing nothing else. Seriously. A lot of these guys, uh, they, don't, they don't put any time into it. Here's, here's oh. a great stat. You'll like this one. Mac McClung's career earnings. Hundred and six thousand dollars. He yep. get, he gets a hundred k for winning the contest. For the dunk contest, exactly. <laughs> he made just as much. <laughs> Too funny. The, the dunk contest. That's the thing. So it it meant more to him. Exactly. That's that's it's, to my point. It, you're right. Mac McClung. Yes. It meant more to him. I win this. I get a hundred grand. Mm -hmm. Whereas you think LeBron really cares about a hundred thousand mm. dollars? Oh, hey man, we got to talk about uh, one of your uh, former teams. There, or the, the boys in Sacramento are shocking everybody. They're leading the Pacific at thirty-seven and twenty-five. I don't know if you've got a chance to see the Kings play, but uh, as you know, Op, as we both know, uh, seventeen years since that franchise has been to the postseason—the longest drought of any team uh, in the NBA. Uh, what are your thoughts about the Kings? I'm loving it. I mean. Mike Brown's doing a, a hell of a job. You know, these guys have bought into it, you know, and when you come in with that cachet of, you know, winning a championship and, you know, being uh, arguably one of the best teams ever and being a integral part of it, guys better listen. And they have to. And that's what Mike Brown brought. You know, he brought those credentials and those guys have really bought into it. But Mike Brown's a teacher. You know, and to me, that made a big difference. Those guys have bought into it, like I said, and now their confidence level is so high. The Aaron Fox All-Star, uh, Sabonis All-Star, they, they know they're good. They believe it. Herder coming in there helps a lot, even though he didn't shoot well. It doesn't matter to, to the Sacramento Kings. In a way, I think Sacramento Kings are happy he didn't shoot well. Because now he's going to really shoot well during the season, you know, when the second half starts. 
So I like everything that they've done. I've watched a ton of games with them, and they just play with a flair and an excitement. You know, they do all the little things. And so to me, and they're all being held accountable by Mike Brown. And they're holding each other accountable. That's a big thing. He basically took everything from the Warriors and brought it in, you know, with Sacramento. So I'm I'm really excited, you know, to see how far they go in the playoffs. Yeah, leading the Pacific right now, 37-25. and 25. A quick take on Kevin Durant going to the Phoenix Suns. Um, <laughs> he is Kevin Durant. <laughs> I mean, what more can you say? I think, you know, Phoenix is the team to beat now, only because he's there. Yes, they gave Mikel Bridges and Cam Johnson, whoever else, but I just believe that Kevin Durant himself is is worth those two plus maybe two more guys. So getting he and Booker working together, you know, the right offensive sets flowing, Chris Paul, I think that's going to help him a lot because, you know, not a lot of heavy lifting now. And so every every one of those moves helped them. The key for me is not even Kevin Durant. It's that they, they also got T.J. Warren. Right. And people forget this guy is a 25-point scorer. And so to me, that's an added bonus for them. You know, DeAndre Ayton seems to be, you know, excited to be there finally, even after getting the contract. So I think everything's turning around for, for the Phoenix Suns. You know, they're in a great situation weather-wise. You know, Durant's going to love that. They have some of the best medical staff. Durant's going to love that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> T.J. Warren. So it, it, it's it's the perfect perfect world right now for them. But, you know, defensively, how they hold up is going to be critical. How do you feel about a guy like Durant, who's like basically kind of calling his own shots? Hey, I don't want to play here. I want to get out of New Jersey. I want to go someplace else. You know, it's like it's great. And I will say, I I loved him when he was part of the Warriors. I loved watching those guys play together. I couldn't watch him play with Kyrie Harden. You know, going back when he got to New Jersey, I couldn't watch it. Now I gotta say. I'll probably start watching a little bit more because I I like the the pieces that you just described. But still, overall, man, you know, a, a guy just kind of you know dictating where he's going to go. I don't know, man. Hey, listen, TC. You see, you 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 uh you drank the Kool Aid like a lot of people. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> the bottom line is this: Kevin Durant decided to leave. He should have. My personal opinion: he should have stayed with the Warriors. Yes. They would have ran the NBA for the next exactly. 10, 15 years. Yep. I get that. He, he, you know, he listened to the crowd and he, you know, you got to go win on your own. Okay. I get that. When Kyrie got traded, right? Kyrie wanted to go to LA. Joe Sy and Sean Marks said, no, we're not going to send you to LA, uh, your preferred choice. We're going to send you to Dallas. Okay, fine. When Harden wanted to go, they sent him to Philadelphia, where he wanted to be with his boy, Daryl Morey. And Kevin Durant said, I want to go to Phoenix. So they sent him to Phoenix. So what does that tell you? So they're able to send you wherever you want to go. So why did they do Kyrie that way? Okay? Because that's just how the system works. When a guy wakes up in the morning and he finds out he's been traded, no one talks about that. But when a player says, I want to make my own decision, I want to go somewhere, I want to leave, I don't want to be anymore, everybody's all up in arms. Mm -hmm. It's not fair. Because the same way teams can just get rid of you for whatever reasons, whether they say it's a business decision or you're just not a good fit, it's the same way guys can wake up now and say, I don't want to be here anymore. 
If I worked in a company, Exxon, IBM, whatever, and I don't want to work there anymore, I have every right to get up and leave. So no one's honoring anything anymore. So why should the players, why are the players always being held to higher standards than what the teams do? You know, is always a question that I ask. And so to me, it doesn't matter if, if it's Kevin Durant, if it's LeBron, if it's whomever. Players have every right to decide their fate. Where do I want to live? Where do I want to play? And just like the teams do. Well said, my friend. Well said. That's it. You know, kind of, if you, you got an opportunity to choose your workplace, like you said, that's pretty much uh, the way it is in, in, in business, uh, you know, in America anyway. So well said. All right, my man. Hey, we're going to look forward to seeing you out here uh, in, in a couple weeks. And uh, I definitely want to get you back on because we can talk some UVA, baby. Your alma mater, the number six in the ACC. They got a big one at Carolina this weekend, baby. So I know you're watching that as well, too. Yeah, I'm going to watch that one. Yeah. It's going to be a good one. All right, brother. Hey, OP, appreciate, uh, as always, man, uh, appreciate the friendship, appreciate you coming on, and uh, we'll definitely be in touch uh, and get you back here on a regular basis as we roll through March Madness and the NBA season in the playoffs. Awesome, awesome. Thank you. You got it, brother. There he is, uh, Olden Polonese, 15 years in the league. Yes. Seattle, Sacramento, Detroit, Clippers, Utah, former first-round pick. He was selected number eight overall. Remember that. Pride of the Bronx, too. You can hear that. Hear that Bronx in the voice. I love him. One of my favorites, OP. All right, another one of my favorites coming up on the other side to kick off hour number two, Tim Brando. Fox Sports does a fantastic job on the college football side and the basketball side. We'll talk to Timmy B coming up next. Don't you dare go anywhere. Hour two on the way on a terrible Tuesday. <laughs> 